Hallelujah. He is for you. He is for you. And if He's for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's give Him some praise today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. It's good knowing that we got the way maker on our side. We got the one who can do miracles on our side. He loves every one of you. That's why we feel his presence when we turn towards him. Because he's longing for us to look towards him. He's longing for you to choose him today. Because he already chose you. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a beautiful presence of the Lord in this place today. Thank you guys for leading us into worship. That's so important that it opens our hearts before the word of the Lord comes. But today, before I go to the word of the Lord, I got some youth pastor stuff to take care of. <laughs> so we're going to watch a real quick video right before. Yes, please be seated. Please seated. Oh, don't that look like fun? Yes, camp season is coming up, guys. And we're excited. Our youth is excited. Look at that. Over 200 kids. We're going to have more than 200 this year. Look at that. Over 12 baptized at camp last year. Three more as a result of camp when they got back. Yes, experiencing the presence of God. Woo! All right, July 20th through the 23rd, 
So it's coming up. We wanted to get you guys excited about it. I know the camp's excited about it, but we need you guys to support us in this. I know why they always have someone else do that. <laughs> but yes, camp is going to be amazing. So we really want you guys to support this. Encourage your kids to go. It could change their life. Invite some friends. If there's any way you think you can help, join us. Get with it. Because we are going to watch God change these kids' life for the better. I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let's switch gears and go to the word of the Lord. Anybody come ready to hear a message from the Lord? Hallelujah. I had something all prepared, and then Monday, God changed it all on me. So, I'm sure that I'm going to say what he wanted me to say today, and not just what I think. But let's go to Psalms 91, verses 11 and 12. It says here, For he will order his angels to protect you, wherever you go and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone hallelujah how many have been talking to your angels out there anybody hear what bishop told us when he was in town a couple weeks ago that we should be talking to our angels and not our problems in our life scriptures like this remind us he said he'll order his angels to protect you he'll order his angels to put a guard around your family to protect you hallelujah i'm so happy we serve a god that cares about our protection so i'm here today to encourage you to increase your faith to help you just hold on that's the title of today's sermon, Just Hold On. While I was preparing this sermon this whole week, God kept putting an image into my mind. So I had Sister Sarah, will you throw that up there for us? How many of you guys remember this? You guys ever seen this picture? Just hold on. That cute little kitten there holding on for all it's worth. But that's what kept popping into my mind as I was preparing for this sermon, Brother Stefan did an amazing job last week. A blessing in a broken kingdom. Hallelujah. And today I feel like the sermon is going to piggyback right on that. So we're going to talk a little bit about just hold on. Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. We hear this amazing story about Moses in and they're coming into a battle with the Malachites and they're up against this major war and Moses has been traveling and God comes to him here and he says while the people of Israel were still at Ramadan the warriors of the Amalekites attacked them and Moses commanded Joshua choose some men and go out and fight the army of the Amalekite for us. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill and I will hold the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses commanded him and he fought the army of the Amalekite. 
How many of you know, sometimes when we're dealing with wars and we're fighting battles, it's nice to know we got a man of God up here holding on to a staff for us. It's nice to know that a man of God somewhere is bringing our name before the King of Kings. That there's somebody who's holding on to something so that we can fight the battles that we're going through. So many times I've had good men of God who have been holding on when I couldn't. And here we see where Moses sends out Joshua to fight the battle. But he says, I'm going to stand on top of the hill and I'm going to hold on to the staff of God. So meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climb to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. That scripture is showing us a small portion of history where Moses is having a battle. But I'm here to tell you today, that same thing takes place every single day in each and every one of our lives. The minute I drop my hands and I stop holding on to Jesus, the enemy starts to get the advantage. But as long as I've got my hands in the air and I'm submitted to Jesus and I'm walking the path that he's put before me, I get the victory. Hallelujah. I'm sick and tired of us not getting the victory. We better realize what we need to do to get the victory. And we need to hold on to Jesus. You better hold on to what you know works. What has gotten you through before. But whenever he dropped his hands, they gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up anybody ever been there like i've got my hands up i'm i'm worshiping god i'm giving my life to him and everything's going good and as long as i can see it i'm watching my battle i'm watching it being won but after a time my arms start getting a little tired and my arms start sagging a little bit and all of a sudden i start noticing that i'm not really winning like i used to win anymore and that's exactly where moses finds himself here and his arms are growing weary. And this battle's still dragging on. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. You better be thankful you got a church body here. This is why we come to church. Sometimes I can't lift my hands up no more. And I'm like, Brother Stefan, can you come help me hold my hands up? Because there's a victory I got to have. There's a war we got to win. I can't let the enemy defeat me. But I can't lift my arms on my own anymore. That's why we see this altar filled up. That's why we see people praying for other people. It's not just because we want to get close and touch it. It's because we're going to help you hold on to what you need to be holding on to. So they stood on each side of him, helping him hold up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the armies of the Amalekites in battle. All because Moses held on to what he knew he had to hold on to. 
He kept his hands submitted and in the air to Jesus. Why do we lift our hands in service? Because it's an example of submitting to God. God, I've got, you've got it all. You've got it all, God. I'm not holding anything back no more. I'm holding on to you because you're the way. You're the truth and the life. And I need to hold on to that. I got three small stories that we're going to look at real quick. Moses was one of them. The second one that we're going to go to, we're going to take a look at Jesus himself. Because Jesus had several situations in his life where he had to hold on as well. And in Luke 4, 1 through 13, we see one of these examples where Christ finds himself in a vulnerable position. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry. Oh, I'm going to tell you what, I go 40 days without eating, I'm going to be holding on to something. <laughs> but Jesus finds himself here hungry. He finds himself in the wilderness, surrounded by Satan. That's a time in our lives where we have to be holding on to something. When I get to that point in my life where I'm hungry, I'm in the wilderness, and Satan is all around me, I better know what it is I need to be holding on to. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become a loaf of bread. So here he is, hungry, 40 days, I want to eat. And the devil comes to him and says, here you go. All you got to do is just let go. Just don't hold on anymore. Don't hold on to this fast that you're doing. Let it go. Eat your bread. But then Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. So Jesus holds on. It's not about being hungry. I came here to this wilderness to get something from the Lord, and I'm not leaving until I get it. I'm going to hold on. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He said, I will give you the glory of the kingdoms and the authority over them. And the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please, and I will give it to you if you will worship me. So again, he tells him, here we go. All the kingdoms. Just give it up. Just bow down and worship me. Just let go. Mm. I know Jesus is sitting there like, I know the future. And one day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Everyone will know that I am Lord over all. I don't have to let go right now. I can hold on because I know the end of the story. And so do every one of you. The devil's tempting you. He's beating you down. Hey, if you can just give up now, everything's going to be all right. But we know the end of the story. So we can hold on in the middle of that. Because I know he makes a way. He's the one who secures my future. But Jesus says, Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple. Wait, 
I forgot to tell you what Jesus said. Jesus says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. I almost left that out. That's pretty important. We must worship the Lord. That's what Jesus held on to. We must worship the Lord above all else. I'm not going to bow down to the system. I'm not going to give up to the devil. I'm going to hold on to the truth that I must worship the Lord and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. I'll bet you he was holding on then. <laughs> Everybody even been up somewhere high? You guys seen that blob? I've never done that yet. I'm, I'm a little nervous about getting that high in the air. But here's Jesus standing up, the highest point of the temple. And the devil tells him, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So Jesus tell, or he tells Jesus, go ahead, just give it up. Because the scriptures say, don't you remember what the word of God says? The scriptures also say, Jesus tells him. Jesus goes, oh yeah, you remember some of the scripture. Let me tell you what else it says. The scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. Then the devil finished tempting Jesus and he left him until the next opportunity came. Because once again, Jesus knew the outcome. Jesus already knew. Matthew's version, he tells us in Matthew 4 and 11. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So here, this, the devil comes to him and says, hey, go ahead, jump off. His angels are going to take care of you. And Jesus holds on because he knows once the scoundrel's out of here, the angels are going to come minister to me. The angels are going to come take care of me. They are going to come hold my head up. They're going to make sure I don't bruise my foot on a stone. But I don't have to give up when the devil tells me to give up. I can hold on because I know what the scripture says. I know what the word of God promises me. Those promises are true and amen. And I can hold on to them. So the very thing that the devil thought would encourage him to give up was the very thing that encouraged him to hold on. Hallelujah, Jesus. I started the whole scripture off with Satan's words. We started the whole sermon off with what he thought was going to discourage him. What he thought was going to drop him down to his knees and make him submit. But it was the very thing that encouraged him because God knows the whole story so let's look at the whole story let's look at what Psalms 91 actually has to say because he wanted to pull that one little scripture out he didn't want to read the whole thing but let's read the whole thing for those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty hallelujah in the shadow of the Almighty that's where I find my rest. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Hallelujah. Do we believe that? 
That's the God we serve. Hallelujah, Jesus. The devil quotes scripture to people who don't know it. He messed up when you quote it to somebody who knows it. You quote it to God. He's he's like, I know the rest of this. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid by the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midnight. That's a lot not to be afraid of. Why? Because I'm holding on to Jesus. I'm holding on to the answer for it all. I don't have to be worried about disease. I don't have to be worried about disaster. Because I've got God on my side. Let's praise him like we don't really have to worry about disease. Let's praise him like we don't have to worry about disaster. Like he's my place of refuge. Like I'm in the shadow of the Almighty. Because though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying all around you, these evils will not touch you oh we can't get it i look around in the world and i'm like god but thousands are dying but ten thousands are dying but his word says he will not touch you it won't affect your life it may be affecting the world around you you may see thousands dying but it's not gonna affect you as long as you're holding on to jesus Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. That's right before what Satan told him. That's right before what Satan quoted to him. But God knew. God knew. That no evil will conquer me. No plague's gonna come near my house because I've made the most high my shelter. I've made the most high my God. He's on my side now. Hallelujah, Jesus. For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go, they will hold up your hands. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush furious lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long and give a long life and give them salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. He will be with you. He will go with you. But you got to hold on to Jesus. You got to hold on to what you know is true. You can't give up. Brian, I was going to let you uh, rickroll the whole congregation today. I should have let you. <laughs> Never going to give him up. 
it's okay, yeah, we can laugh a little. We can have a little fun in church. It's all right. But we got to hold on to the truth. We got to hold on to what's right. I can't let go of Jesus right when I need him the most. There's one more scripture we're going to take a look at real quick. And it's in the book of Daniel. Starting in verse 11. We see a situation here in the book of Daniel where they're in captivity. And Daniel is reading in the scrolls and he realizes that the time has come and they should have already been released from captivity. It was told they were going to be in captivity for a certain amount of time. And that time was over. But they were still sitting in captivity. So Daniel starts to pray and fast which is what we should always do if we're finding ourselves in a place that we don't want to be in and in the middle of this fast 21 days into the fast finally an angel shows up and the man said to me Daniel you are very precious to God I put that in there just for myself guys <laughs> so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven ah hallelujah Jesus from the first day you began to humble yourself and pray your answer was sent from heaven I came to answer your prayer but for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way so here we go. He prays and fasts. He reads his word. He realizes what the word of God tells him. We're not supposed to be in captivity anymore. So he starts praying and fasting. God, you've got to send a word. You've got to answer my prayer because your word promises me. But I don't have my answer. But from the first day, his answer was given. And it was on the way. But for 21 days, a dark prince of Persia in the spiritual realm stopped that message from getting to him. That's why it's important that we don't stop praying and fasting. You've got an answer that's already on the way. You don't know the battles going on in the spiritual realm for that miracle to get to you. But I'm going to tell you what. Don't stop praying and fasting. Don't stop doing what you know you're supposed to be doing until you get the answer that you need. Because he, this angel's already got the answer and it's on the way. But he's fighting a spiritual battle. And it requires Daniel to be praying and fasting and holding on to that position until he receives the answer God's already sent. What would have happened if Daniel would have gave up on day 12? 
day 12, he got real hungry. Ooh, look at those stones. I'm going to eat the bread. But it was important that Daniel hold on until he gets his answer. If it takes 21 days, if it takes 30 days, if it takes a year, I'm going to hold on until I know God's promises come true. Because his word is true. His word is always right. And every promise God's given to you, he's going to fulfill. Hallelujah, Jesus. We've been holding on for so long. So long we've been holding on. But his words on the way. Keep holding on. There's some mothers in here that have been holding on to their son returning to church for so long. And there's a mother sitting right there that'll tell you, keep holding on. Keep holding on. Because if God told you that your children are going to be saved, your children are going to be saved. There ain't nothing the devil's going to do to stop it. You just got to hold on. You got to keep believing. You got to keep your faith strong. Because you're not serving a weak God. You're serving a mighty God. You're standing in the shadow of the Almighty. Nothing's too much for Him. He expects us to have patience. He expects us to hold on to Him. And I'm going to tell you what, when you're holding on to Jesus, the ride's going to be beautiful anyways. Even in the midst of my troubles, if I've got God by my side, then I'm okay. I've got the King of Kings with me. He's good company. He's good company. I love spending time with Jesus. That's what heaven's all going to be about. Spending time with Jesus. Sitting with the king in the cool of the evening. Isn't that what he created us for? In the garden, that's what they did. He went off and ran the universe. They waited in the garden for the cool of the evening so they could walk with the king. Man, God hit me with that a while back, and I've never been the same since. Because no matter what we do for God, no matter how far we go, that's what it's all about. If I can hold on to the king, everything else doesn't matter. My life may not be perfect. Everything's not great. But I've got a promise. I've got a king. I've got an eternity. I've got a way maker. I've got a God who loves me. But then Michael, one of the archangels came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia and now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come Daniel held on 21 days praying and fasting he didn't get his answer yet but I know God's word said we're not supposed to be in captivity no more. We're not supposed to be in captivity anymore. So many times we get lost in this mindset of, well, this is just where I am. This is just who I am. This is who God created me to be. God called you to be a new creation. God called you to have new things in life. God's not leaving you where he got you. God's taking you on to bigger and better. 
He ain't going to just leave you in the miry clay. He's pulling you out. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't even stay here on earth, but he went away to make a better place for each and every one of us. Hallelujah, Jesus. A few singers will prepare to come help me. I feel like the Holy Ghost is about to take over and he's going to minister to us today. Hallelujah, Jesus. So long we've been holding on, but God's got some answers for some people in this house today. You've been holding on long enough. You've kept your faith strong and it ain't going anywhere. So the devil might as well give up and let your blessing come. Because we are a church that does not let go. We're a church that holds on. Hallelujah, Jesus. We remember. We see the people who walk through our doors. We remember them. We pray for them. We're holding on for you. In Philippians 3, we, get, we hear a story about holding on again. Just a small passage. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved the things or that I've already reached perfection. I hope you don't get that confused. I have not received all my promises yet. I've definitely not reached perfection. I know I'm up here preaching, but I ain't reached perfection yet. We got a ways to go. But I also got a promise. I'm holding on to a promise. And I'm going to live like that promise is true. Because I know it is. But I press on. To possess the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. No, dear brothers and sisters. I have not achieved it. But I focus on one thing. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, right. I just admitted to you guys, I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect, but I'm up here preaching. How am I doing that? Because I'm focused on one thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm forgetting the past. I'm not looking back at my past no more. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm looking forward to the promises in the word. I'm not holding on to my past. That's the one thing I'm going to let go of. I'm holding on to Jesus. I'm holding on to the promises in his word. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But here he says, but we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Mm, that's so good. I got some, we got some brothers and sisters in here. And I've watched some progress be made in their life. I've watched them come up because they believed in the promises of God. But now it's time to hold on to that. We're not going to let it go. I know we're still not perfect. I know we haven't reached perfection yet. But those promises are still true. Those promises that picked you up a little bit before are the same promises that are going to walk you through salvation. But I've got to hold on to that. 
I got to remember that. Now, I told you guys, God changed this message on me. I had something else I wanted to preach, and he was like, I want you to preach this. So who is he talking to in this room tonight? Who's in here that feels like Moses, that feels like Daniel, that you've been holding on so long, your arms are getting tired, your brothers and your sisters are helping hold you up, but you heard from God. You have a promise that you're holding on to, that you know God's not going to let you down, but you still haven't seen it yet. You're like Daniel. You're fasting, you're praying. Your prayer's already been answered, but it hasn't got to you yet. But he will order his angels to protect you. He's ordered his angels to bring you a message. He's ordered them to deliver it to you. But you haven't got it yet. I'm here to tell you, just hold on. Just hold on. Don't let go of what you've already received. Hold on. Because your answer's on the way. Because God's word is always true. Stand up with me today, if you will. This is how we fight our battles. We hold on to the truth. We fight against the world through prayer, through fasting. And maybe you've never held on to Jesus. Maybe you've never reached out and took a hold of this life. You don't know all the promises that are in it. There's one promise I'm going to give you right now that you can hold on to. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 through 16. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. That's a promise from God to every one of you today that's his word if you if you are called by his name if you'll just humble yourself and seek his face and pray turn from wickedness he will hear you from heaven he will forgive your sins and he will heal your land we're a broken kingdom, but there's a blessing in it, and we need to hold on to that blessing, because there's some promises in the Word of God that if I put my faith in, they're going to come true, but I got to hold on to those promises when times look rough. I got to hold on to that when I'm looking at this broken kingdom, and I got to remember that His Word is still true, and if I humble myself, and I pray, and I seek His face... He'll forgive my sins. He'll heal your land. 
My eyes are open and my ears are attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple. I've set it apart to be holy. A place where my name will be honored forever. And I will always watch over it. For it is dear to my heart. There ain't nothing really special about this other than that. That God's declared this is a holy place. I've turned my ear towards this house. I've turned my eyes towards this house. That's why we invite you forward tonight. Because tonight, God can give you the answers that you've been holding on to for so long. I know that because I know his word's true. And he just told me right there that if we humble ourselves and we pray and seek his face, he'll heal our land. He'll fix our problems. He'll give you the answer that you've been holding on to. So hold on. Hold on a little bit longer and come up front. Get what God's got for you today. He's got an answer here in this house today. He's got an answer here today. You got to hold on. You got to hold on to Jesus. When everything starts shaking, when the world starts moving around me, I'm on a firm foundation because I built it on Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Who's God talking to tonight? Who's God calling forward today? Hallelujah, Jesus. You ain't holding on for nothing. You're holding on to the truth. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. But I'm surrounded by 